0: Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. This is the Grace for This City podcast, and we're helping you turn your city's upside down how are we doing that well we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king king jesus that is and i'm telling you friends we say here on the podcast there is no better person to be working for i'm telling you the king of kings and the lord of lords and the master of everything you need to get on the team friend and if you're not born again listen to me right right now If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do not delay, don't put it off another moment. Today is your day of salvation. It's as simple as coming to him in humility and saying, I need you, without you, I am lost, hopeless, sold out to Satan, forever to be bound with him. But I'm telling you, Jesus is offering you freedom, friend. And the power of the gospel, there's power in that gospel. The power of the light, the word is light. The power of that truth will deliver you out of the perversion you're living in right now and get you translated, transferred over into the kingdom of the Son of His love, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of truth. Hallelujah. Accept Jesus today. Don't delay. Hallelujah. And if we can help you in any way, uh, we would love to do that. You can call us, 870-741-9099. Leave a message. We'll get right back with you. If you need any assistance whatsoever in accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you need some materials, maybe you have just recently been born again, we'd love to help you along. Or if you need prayer, I'm telling you, it's our honor to join together with you. Listen, if you are a follower of the podcast, if you subscribe or a patron, maybe you've uh, contributed to help the the podcast. Listen, we consider you a partner. We're so thankful. Uh, It would be uh, just a joy for us to be able to partner with you in prayer concerning uh, anything that concerns you. So uh, please reach, reach out to us. Let us do that. That's, that's our part. You know, in partnership, there's prayer and finances that flow in to the ministry. And then what flows out from the ministry is you get the share in the rewards of everything that we do. You, you are shared. You, you have a share in the rewards. Everybody, anybody and everybody that we reach globally, their lives are touched. They're born again. Uh, they go from faith to faith, glory to glory They're moved along in their journey with the Lord because of the podcast. Well, if you're partnering with us, you get a share in the reward. Jesus counts you in the spoils along with us. And then, of course, there's a shared anointing. You have access to the same anointing that's operating on us through your partnership. And then, of course, we pray for our partners regularly. And uh, it's a joy and an honor to do that. So why don't you consider being a part? Join us. Hallelujah. Uh, If nothing else, just commit to pray. For me, for Justin, for our team, our staff, pray for the church, Grace City Church in Harrison, Arkansas, pray for the podcast, that it gets where it needs to go and it ministers to the people that uh, it's Kairos, right? It's the exact word for that moment for that season. All right, well, let's get into the podcast today and uh, got a great podcast for you. And I wanna look at this thought here. I wanna talk about this this idea of vessels of honor. Vessels of honor, and, uh, of course, this is taken out of 2 Timothy. And you know that right there in that passage of Scripture, it's possible. It's po- it's scriptural that you could just, quote, let yourself go. You could just let yourself go and be a vessel of dishonor. Different translations as some different words. And, um, you know, I believe it's the Amplified. I don't have it in front of me, but one of those translations like the Amplified, I think it is says that, uh, you could just be a vessel for menial tasks. The idea here is that a vessel of honor is the vessel that the Lord would reach for. It's, 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 it's his go-to vessel. Whenever he's got a specific or special or particular task or function or, uh, thing that he wants to accomplish, he goes for the vessels that have been reserved for special things. Um, The opposite of that would be a vessel that the Lord doesn't go for. He doesn't reach for. When He needs to do something, He doesn't reach out for you. He doesn't tap you on the shoulder. Um, We don't want to be that. We want to be, as I prayed in 2017, You know that was a pivotal year. I mean, I've served the Lord. I've been in church my whole life. Of course, that doesn't mean anything. But I've been in and around this my entire life. My parents were in ministry. I've been in ministry since I was a teen teenager. And, um, but, uh, so what I'm saying is, is I've known the Lord and I've had a relationship with the Lord my entire life, but that doesn't mean that I was in a position or that I was living in such a way that was honoring to the Lord to the degree that when he needed to do something, he would reach for me or tap on my shoulder. And, um, two, 2017 was another one of those moments where I just cried out to the Lord. I said, God, I want to be right in the middle of what you're doing, whatever that means, I don't know what that means. Whatever that that means, I want to be right in the middle. And from that point to now has been a process and a progression of becoming a vessel of honor. And uh, greater consecration will lend to greater usability. And that's where we want to be. It, it doesn't have to be a, a frightful thing. You don't need to be afraid of that. You need to be afraid that you miss it. Uh, but we, need, we want, you desire it's in the Bible. I mean, it's it the Bible is the mirror. It's it's who we are. We desire to be that vessel of honor that's father's heart. And um, we want to be right in the middle. When he's doing something, he, we want him to be like, "Come on guys, this is what I'm doing now." And then we want to be right in the middle of that. So let's get into this. So 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. It says, Never, "Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this Seal. The Lord knows those who are His. And it says, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Hallelujah. What's iniquity? Boy, I'm telling you, this is a pertinent word for right now. Iniquity is lawless, it also means without restraint um, excess then becomes relative. Uh, excess would be anything or any amount over and beyond where your restraints should be. So th- th- this, 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 this idea all works together here with he's saying, depart from iniquity. All right. We, we, we want to depart from a uh, lawlessness. Listen, having boundaries, having, um, Uh, restraint, defining law, meaning don't, don't, don't break this law. Don't cross this boundary. Don't go over past where the restraint is. This is a topic that people shy away from, but, um, but it's a very good, it is a, uh, heavenly, it's a spiritual perspective. It is a paradigm. It is a truth That boundaries are a good thing. Um, Having restraint is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. And as a believer that's in the world, although we're not of it, having a life of restraint is not a negative and it's not religiosity. And you're not in bondage because you live a life of restraint. Obviously, we are staying away from the things that would hurt us, harm us, uh, cause us to become dirty or stained by the things of the world. We want to be pure, clean. We are a new type of holiness in Christ Jesus and holiness is separate. It's a thing that has been reserved for another thing or for another person or for another use, or, uh, it is, uh, it's holy because it's set apart. That's not bad. That's good. And uh, we need to tell ourselves that holiness is not bad. Now people use holiness against one another. There's denominations that call themselves holiness. And uh, most of the time they're jerks and they're rude and their attitudes stink. They have a better than thou many times, not all, but you've, you've run into these types of folks and Christians in general get a bad rap because of just their poor attitudes. Uh, man, there's selfishness. Well, listen, that's not biblical. Um, so, you know, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. The Bible says to be holy, for I am holy. Well, you being born again, you are automatically holy. Uh, we need to awake to who we are in Christ Jesus. This isn't a works thing. No, in fact, he's already done the work. The, the work that Jesus did on the cross the very pathway now of being born again that we're able to uh, follow, follow his example, being raised from the dead, the spirit of life, the Zoe life by way of Holy Ghost has been uh, shed abroad in our spirits. We're living and breathing and having our being in him and in the spirit. Zoe life is the DNA in which we were born again with. Same life of the father. The very fact that you're born again, you are holy. Holy. But this is what he's saying. You have to awake to that. Holiness is a high thing. It's not a low thing. Holiness, uh, again, is you've been set apart. You are a special type of creature that the creature itself is holy. There is nothing like it. Uh, being in Christ Jesus, there is no other creation like it. It that in and of itself is absolutely amazing. If we could get a hold of the truth that's being expressed to us here. We're not trying to get holiness. You are holy. And what we're doing is we're living out the honor and the privilege of not getting in the nastiness and the perversion of sin and the fallen uh, state of creation, of the influencers of darkness. No, we're awaking to the fact that we can live in the light. Hallelujah. I think we just took the long way. Uh but praise God. Are you are you getting a picture here? You are holy because you're born again. Now, we're going to awake to that privilege and amazing position in him that we have seated at the right hand of the Father. And we're going to keep our holiness. We're not going to exploit or squander or dishonor our holiness. So then the idea of excess um, comes into play. We don't want to engage in that. Of course, excess would be anything or any amount over and beyond where your restraints should be. So uh, you know, once you define some good boundaries in your life, then you're able to define where the excesses are. Um, comparing your consumption or participation in something to another person Uh, Is kind of playing with fire. It's playing with judgment, actually. And so, you know, you've got to do what the Lord's telling you to do in a particular area. And I think this is where some of the um, denominations, uh, institutions have strayed, is they've defined a certain behavior as, well, this is what we do. And so we're going to use this standard as the standard to differentiate between us and everyone else, and by the way, our standard is the real, right, true standard, and so if you're not doing what we're doing, then you're not as good as we are. All right, you understand that? God's, or, excuse me, God ministers restraint tailored to you, and it's not comparative to someone else. There are basic and general biblical truths, but when it comes down to things like certain foods, clothing, uh, lifestyle decisions, choices, habits, you know, the Lord can really kind of tailor certain things to you while there are general things that we should stay away from because they're of the dark. There are some things that are particular to you because he's working with you and you may have a weakness in an area that someone else doesn't have. And therefore you need to be more watchful about how you engage. You can really need to be watchful if you indulge but you need to be watchful how you engage certain things because you have a weakness. And it's not that you're a terrible person. It's just, you know, if 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 you were on a sports team and uh, you were being coached and the coach realized, hey, this part of your body, maybe in your legs or your arms or whatever is a little bit weak. And so we, we're, we're going to have to guard uh, how you uh, are utilizing them. And then we need to work extra in this area over here to strengthen that weakness. It's the same thing. The Lord does the same thing. Some things may not be straight up sin, but there's a weakness in your life to certain things. And so there's gonna be extra restraint, extra consideration um, that will go in and around your participation in certain things, okay? All right, so let's get back up to iniquity. Iniquity is lawless. Iniquity is immoral behavior. Iniquity. Now, these are actual definitions of, of this word. Iniquity is violation of duty. Now, that's very interesting. And uh, iniquity is defined as wicked actions or deeds uh, in heart or in life. Synonyms of iniquity is impropriety or rudeness. Oh, rudeness. Hello, somebody. Sinfulness is a synonym. Obscenity. Or vulgarity is a synonym of iniquity. And then just generically wrongdoing is iniquity or lawless. He says this let everyone, back to Second Timothy chapter two, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So depart from rudeness, depart from vulgarity, depart from obscenity. Depart from wrongdoing. You say, well, how can I do that? Greater is he that's in you. Depart from immoral behavior. Depart from violation of duty. Now, that, that's a very interesting one there. But depart from that. Get what you need to get done in Christ. Do it. Do it with a great attitude. Do it with willingness and do it obediently. So do, to depart from iniquity would mean this. To return or to run back to restraint. It would mean embracing restraint. If you were going to depart iniquity, then you would return uh, or run back to restraint. You would embrace restraint. The restraint um, would be the authority and the purity of God's word. So, you know, what we're seeing now, what we saw like at the end of 2019, what we saw in the 2020, what we're seeing now is a display of lawlessness. I mean, utter display of lawlessness. I mean, you can even see it to where um, there are groups, uh, very anti-American, anti-patriotic groups uh, that subscribe to crazy foreign concepts of leadership. They're, they're pushing this lawlessness. Now, that's just a chaos element nobody truly feels free without boundary. Boundary reinforces your uh, um, discernment of protection. But there's these groups who are pushing really hard. And even so, to the point where they're even saying, look, where we have law enforcement, let's get rid of the law enforcement. I mean, this is just, it's utter, ridiculous chaos. It's nonsense. It's insanity. It's demonic. It is, what is it? It is anti-Christ is exactly what it is. Lawlessness. The Bible tells us that the man of lawlessness or the man of iniquity, what is that? It is the personification of the anti-restraint. Now, listen, friends, they're, they're, that is not good. There is no way that is good. That is hell. That, that is demonic. So in Christ, listen, in Christ is the reality of restraint because we are in the body of Christ. Now, in him, we live and move and have our being. Within the parameters of Christ, the anointed, the, uh, the anointed one and his anointing, the body of the Lord Jesus The head, come on, the king of kings and the Lord of lords within that body is the reality of restraint. You got to understand, restraint is not a bad thing. Restraint is a separation. Restraint means I choose this, I don't choose that. So when he says, depart from iniquity, you are... Saying simultaneously that I am choosing to reject uh, lawlessness or to reject any concept of no restraint, and I am choosing to restrain myself. And he says, "Look, if you'll do this, we're we're hovering around this passage here that um, in this great house. Now we haven't got to this verse yet, but in verse twenty, he's talking about in in a great house." There are vessels of honor. All of this has to do with us being right in the middle of what God is doing, of being a vessel, God's go-to vessel, when he chooses to do something that he looks for you. Why? Because you are a person who has chosen restraint, meaning you have separated yourself from the unclean, from the dishonorable, from the lowly things, from the things of darkness, the impurities and you've chosen to come up to a place of holiness of reserve reserved for who for the master for his special purposes hallelujah and we're not judging anybody if you turn this into a oh he's just saying i'm better than someone else you have completely missed the point the devil is always going to be working against you to choose a thing, an activity, a way of thinking. Uh, he's going to lead you to make certain decisions. And the strategy, the end goal is to dirty or to, to uh, uh, inject uh, some impure element, homosexuality, any kind of sexual perversion. I mean, there's a laundry list now of things that fit, fit that category. Certain kinds of living, certain kinds of thinking, certain interactions with certain things. Uh, you know, we're, we're not to interact with the dead, say. You know, uh, that's, uh, you know, via like necromancy or, you know, if we want to go down that particular avenue of conversation. But there is impure things because there's things of the dark that the light cannot or should not associate with. It's like trying to mix oil and water, say. When you choose these things, you're choosing them, and especially if you're born again. If you're a born again believer, you have a tempter, and there are demons that are working around the clock to tempt you into what? Into, ta- in, into coming down, as it were, out of a place of holiness, out of a place of exaltation in Christ Jesus. The temptation isn't just the activity of sin, the temptation is mixing uh, the pure with the impure. I'm telling you, the devil, demons—that's that—that's a big win for them. It isn't just the fact that you did the act, whatever it that act is. The big win for the for the devil is getting that which is holy to come down, to lower itself. Okay and mix itself with an impure thing. And, you know, they hope that they could get you to do it willingly. Praise God for the mercy, though, because there's mercy for us as a born-again believer because the reality of the tempter. If there wasn't a tempter, there would be no mercy. But because there's a tempter, there's mercy. Hallelujah for his mercy. And when we find out that we have mixed and Impurity into a pure thing, then we say, Father, forgive us. Oh, I thank you for your forgiveness right, right now. And I plead the blood of Jesus and I thank you that by the washing and the cleansing of your word and of the blood of Jesus Christ, I am being made clean from this impurity. Listen, again, you got to understand the tactics of the enemy. It's not just the act. The act is the catalyst But the end goal for the enemy is the fact that this holy thing has lowered itself, humiliated itself in order to mix with an unclean thing. Now, let me say this now before somebody totally messes this up. In the Old Testament, uh, if you were clean and you came in contact with an unclean thing, you were made unclean. Now that reality is still true in the new Testament, but what we saw revealed, and this is where we have to awake to is, uh, when Jesus came in contact with the man with the leper. Now in the old Testament had somebody like Jesus came in contact with an unclean thing then the clean thing became unclean. And you'd have to go ceremonially. There was a process, several days. You had to go away from everybody. You had to do this and that. And then you would become clean, come back to the high priest, and then be reinstated. What we saw happen in the New Testament, though, is here's Jesus. He came in contact with an unclean thing. And instead of Jesus becoming unclean, the unclean thing became clean. Now, uh, the factors were lined up here. And the reality is that in Christ Jesus, if you will awake to this, you won't be tempted to come down from a place of holiness and mingle with uncleanness for some sort of fulfillment or satisfaction, pleasure or whatever. No, if you'll wake up to who you are in Christ Jesus, that in Christ you are a new form of righteousness and you are a new form of holiness that has never existed. When you wake up to that, and you walk in that image, just even as Christ did, that instead of being tempted to mix with an impure thing, you will confront the impure thing and the purity and the holiness and the light that you're walking in will dispel the darkness. But if you don't wake up to that, this is the, this is the strategy. This is the temptation. This is what hell wants to do. Hell wants to uh, exploit your ignorance and rub mud all over your spotless clothes, your spotless image. They want to spit on you. They want to cause an impure thing to become a stain on you. See, it's a mockery is what it is. The strategy of the enemy is a mockery. Again, let me say this again. Just because just I want you to get this. It's not necessarily the act. That's the catalyst. The act, whatever it is. Alcohol, drugs, sex, perversion, whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever the act is, that's, that's not the end game. The end game isn't the act. The end game is the spit in the face of God that here is his sons and daughters that have no clue who they are in Christ Jesus. They have no clue of how valuable how worthy they are. And here's the enemy luring, luring, luring with a lure, tempting you to engage in a thing that's like mud all over fresh, clean, pressed white linens. But we're waking up to it. Hallelujah. We've got to wake up to it. Uh, there are people who are in perversion right now. And, uh, We need to be able to confront these situations and the power, hallelujah, of the light, the power of the truth that we walk in and the power of that purity, the power of that holiness will set the unclean thing free. Hallelujah. In him, in him. It's not of us. It's in him. But we're in him. We are in him. In him, we live and move. So again, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And to depart from iniquity would mean we return or we run back to restraint, embrace restraint, or embrace the authority and the purity of God's word. is another way of saying that. One of the most powerful catalysts to a pure and restrained lifestyle, uh, a life free from iniquity, is a determined focus on your assignment and your calling. Um, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. It says this, it happened. <laughs> Hallelujah. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle. Listen, temptation always comes to get you to be somewhere doing something you're not supposed to be doing. So it says, uh, chapter 11, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when the king's we're supposed to go out to battle. That one one evening, David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman. Now, in your situation, it wouldn't necessarily have to be sexual. Uh, you could uh, be at the wrong place at the wrong time and see a boat, or see a house, a thing, an opportunity, etc., something or anything. Seductively trying to get your attention. It didn't have to be a woman. If you flipped it and it said, you know, if you're a woman, it doesn't have to be another man. It doesn't have to be a sexual thing. It Doesn't have to be a person. It could be. A, it could be anything that is seductively trying to get your attention. He David just happened happened to see a woman. She was bathing, and the woman was beautiful to behold. Is what the scripture says. Now you know the story. But listen, if you're supposed to be at war, if you're supposed to be at church. If you're supposed to be at work, if you're supposed to be there or over there or wherever, and you refuse to show up and be accountable, listen, temptation is going to jump on you. You need to be where you're supposed to be. Again, why? Because we live with the reality that we embrace restraint. Why? Why would you embrace restraint? Because you realize how holy you are. Why in the world? Would you intentionally choose boundaries? Because you have awoke to how valuable you are. In him, you are seated at the right hand of the heavenly father, in Christ Jesus. There is no higher position. You gotta understand that the language and the terminology being used throughout scripture is whenever a thing is high, whenever a thing is exalted, whenever a thing is lifted, uh, there's value attached in that. You don't exalt invaluable things. You don't exalt worthless things. No, the very act of exaltation is speaking to the value of the thing being lifted up. And the higher the, higher the thing is lifted, the more valuable and worth, worth worthy, worthy, weighty, glorious the thing is. Now, in the earth realm, there's a twisted, perverted strategy of that. And uh, there are things that the devil's trying to exalt. Uh, There are movements right now. This is 2021. There are particular uh, political agendas right now. There are places around the world where this this particular administration is lifting certain things high putting them on flagpoles even, and raising them high above, what is the strategy? Trying to increase the value of the thing. Trying to, be because it's how things work in the, in the spirit, so they are intentionally perverting, twisting. It's wicked, it's, it's twisted, it's wicked, but it's intentional. Trying to lift a thing up in order for the thing to increase in value and worth in the minds and hearts of the people. That's what you do. That's how, that's how you do it. You get it lifted up and eventually everyone's going to go, wow, that thing is, is something. That's something right there. Well, in the earth realm, it's a strategy and there are things that are lifted up that are not high things. They are low things. They are things of uh, the devil. They are things of darkness. They are perverted strategies, you and I have to look beyond that. But the point that I want you to get is you're seated at the right hand of the father. There is no higher position. This is the absolute highest place of honor that we could possibly be in. Seated in Christ at the right hand of the father. Of course, the right hand, uh, the significance of the right hand is a lot of things, but one of the significant things of being at the right hand is we are at the absolute most powerful place of the father we are at the point and the location of the extent of his power we're seated there and we're a joint heir with christ right there so In one of my podcasts several weeks ago, I think it was called, What Kind of Man Are You? We talked about that you're not worthless anymore. You can't be. Um, Now, you may think so, but I'm telling you, that's a lie. The very fact that you're seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ, Jesus, has already defined your worth. And because of the place, the high place, it speaks to your value. This is where you have to say, look, I choose restraint." I choose boundary, not because I'm snotty, but because I am holy, not, not because I'm a rude dog. It's because I am righteous and I'm going to maintain because it's a, it's an honor. Wow. What a glorious honor to maintain that place of righteousness and holiness in him. Hallelujah. So, uh, again, if you're supposed to be somewhere, be there. Embrace the accountability of your pathway, uh, of your assignment. Embrace the accountability that's built in, it's built in, the restraint that's associated with your ministry, with your calling, with your assignment, with your mandate. Embrace it. If you're supposed to be at church, don't be anywhere else. If you're supposed to be at work, don't be anywhere else. If you're supposed to be over there, don't be anywhere else. If you're supposed to be over here, don't be anywhere else. Why? You're embracing the restraint. Oh, come on, friend. I, I know you're getting this. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm gonna be excited uh, to hear the testimonies when you, when, you, when you catch this. Hallelujah. And I'm catching it for myself afresh and new. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us, for ministering to us, for us coming into a full awakening of who we are in Christ Jesus. Turn this world upside down, hallelujah. So listen, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the prides of life, multiple prides. Don't be fooled, all things are forgivable, but some activities have irreversible consequences. Being somewhere you're not supposed to be as sloppy and lazy. David, King David, at this point was not wise to be this sloppy with his mantle, his calling, and even his physical body. Sloppiness and laziness will weaken you, friend. You'll listen to things, you'll watch things, you'll eat things, and you'll take things you normally wouldn't if you weren't AWOL. What is AWOL? Absent without leave. It's an acronym, A-W-O-L, AWOL. David was AWOL. Listen, he was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be, and he didn't have permission to be in a place, see, listen, he was, uh, he was somewhere when what he should have been doing, because all kings did this, kings were at war at this time. Here's David at home. What are you doing, brother, at home? You're supposed to be at work. What are you doing, brother, staying at home? You need to be at church. What are you doing over here, sister? You need to be over there. Well, nobody's going to tell me what to do. No, no, no. Antichrist. Listen, that's a strategy against you. And if, if you don't wake up to that strategy, the devil's going to try and shame you. He's going to try and dirty you. And the temptation is going to get strong when he's going to try and lead you around. Listen, again, the act of whatever is just the catalyst. The intended goal from the enemy is a mockery of your holiness. Hallelujah. Look at Proverbs 29, 18. It says, Where there is no vision, uh, the people cast off restraint. Listen, vision here uh, in this passage of scripture would be divine instruction, it's revelation. And uh, your vision is your specific assignment you are to be working on. Here, the Bible says that if you don't keep your eye on the mission, remember what Paul said that he presses towards the high calling, Christ Jesus. He disciplines himself. He buffets his body. Uh, you know, there were several things that Paul said that he did put his body under. Um, you know, he he said, "I die daily." He wasn't talking about a spirit man because you know you're you're you you were dead. You were born again. Um, that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about that the natural part of him, the fleshy part, the the carnal part, has to be put under. Why? Because. He's got to work towards keeping his eyes on the prize, pressing towards the high calling. He talked about, I'm running a race and I'm determined to finish and I've got to do what's necessary in order to finish, just like any natural athlete would. If you want to win, you're going to embrace what? Restraint. Why? Because you want to win. You're going to do things uh, in order to win that you wouldn't normally do if you were just willy-nilly about it. "Eh, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And somebody be like, "I I don't care, I don't care. I don't care. Listen, you want to finish, friend. You're supposed to finish. You were designed to start and finish in Him. So uh, once you wake up to your particular pathway, then it would be normal. It is supernaturally, spiritually normal that you would embrace restraint in order to obtain the prize. You know they put these blinders on on horses. Why? So the horse will continue to go forward. Uh, The blinders on a horse. Depending on where the rider turns the head of that horse, those blinders help to reinforce the horse focusing on the point that's in front of him or the point at which his head is turned. We need to embrace blinders, as it were, to keep us looking at the prize, focusing on where we want to go. So we'll end up there. Um, what's something... Uh, speaking of this, what's something that we need to do to maintain our determination and passion towards our specific assignment? Well, one thing would be, as we've said, embrace restraint. If you want to go straight, put some protections in place that keep you from going left or going right. Um, you know, here's something, you know, that's specifically biblical is we need to fan the flame of our assignment. We need to make what God's called us to do big. There's several ways you can do that. Uh, Habakkuk chapter two says, write the vision, make it plain. You know, do do things. Keep the vision in front of you. you. You could make posters, you could have a book, you could uh you know, record things on your phone that you could listen to every day that remind you on what 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 the ultimate is, what the end goal is. There's ways to reinforce and to remind yourself of where you're going, what and where you're headed and what God's called you to. You need to make big of that. Listen, you are the first person responsible to make your task, your mandate, your calling a big deal. Other people won't necessarily make a big deal of what you're called to. That's not their job. They, they, they need to make a big deal of what they're doing. And if they're called to, uh, uh, you know, if they're called alongside you, then everybody can make a big deal of the ultimate that everybody's working towards. But the point is, you are the only one that's responsible for making your assignment big. Uh, What are you supposed to be doing? If you're not doing it, what or who you are blaming and why uh, is it not your own fault? If you're not doing it, hold on a second. I got to read my own writing here. If you're not doing it, if you're not doing what you're supposed to, you can't blame anybody else. It's your, it'll be your own fault. If what you're called to doesn't get accomplished again, find your work and make it a big deal. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, here's Paul. He's writing to Timothy. He's saying, I remind you to stir up the gift. Listen, other people are not responsible for stirring up the gift of God in you. You are responsible to stir up the gift. You are responsible to stay awake, to stay alive to who you are in him. Other people can't do that. Uh, they can be catalysts for encouragement and et cetera, but you have to be the one to stir it up hallelujah he said uh, uh, the living Bible says this I want to remind you to stir up into flame and strength or excuse me I want to remind you to stir into flame the strength and the boldness that is in you hallelujah let me see here we're about out of time on the podcast uh let me give you this here proverbs 1627 in the living Bible idle hands are the devil's workshop idle hands are are the devil's workshop again you need to awake to what your assignment is maybe it's just seasonal uh a lot of people get thrown off because you know they don't have the next 50 years downloaded into their spirit listen god may have you assigned to something that's just going to be seasonal uh it could just be for the next several months maybe six months it could be for the next year listen put those blinders on embrace restraint be where you're supposed to be listen don't worry about other places, other things. Um, oh, hallelujah! Yeah, I want to share this. You know, for you know, for people people of faith sometimes struggle because they they have this, uh, and I mean it's scriptural. Uh, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That is true. That's a true statement. That's the scriptures. But listen. That doesn't mean that you're going to get to see everything on the face of the planet before he comes back. Now, should he tarry? And uh, your path, your assignment, leads you to all the various touristy locations on the face of the earth? Well, awesome. But listen, there might be a waterfall or a volcano or a a canyon or a mountain or a cave that you might not see uh, before Christ comes. There might be a country that you may never visit there may be a type of food that you never eat. There may be a car that you never drive. There may be a plane you never own. There may be a thing that you don't get to participate in, and that's going to be okay. I'm telling you, listen, David found out the hard way that there might be a woman that you might not know when you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. There may be an experience. You know, you know, in David's situation, there was a sexual encounter that he just wanted so bad but I'm telling you, he was out of his place and he fell from grace right on his face. Listen, you need to be in your place, walking in your grace, and you won't fall on your face. If if you allow a lawless attitude to dwell in your heart, listen, friend, that's it's gonna hurt you. And you know what? You're 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 gonna get off your path if you don't embrace a paradigm of restraint, uh, you're not gonna finish well. And uh, I know this is hard. Uh, I mean, cause we're people of faith and we're, you know, he's gonna give me the desires of my heart. Listen, the ultimate thing father is after is finishing his business. And he has a plan that he's written out for you. And in that plan, it may not include trying every food, seeing every site, owning everything that's possibly to be owned, driving everything, riding in everything, flying in everything, uh, going everywhere, meeting everybody. You know what? There are people that you may never meet. Uh, There may be encounters, opportunities, experiences that you may never have. And you know what? And it might just be God's design. You have to embrace restraint and wake up to Uh, the vessel that he's created you to be. We saw that in Timothy that in this great house, uh, this is verse 20, in a great house, there are vessels of gold and silver. Hallelujah. Those vessels are created specifically for particular purposes. And those vessels may not be used for every purpose. Listen, friend, I want to close with this. I want to finish the podcast with this thought. I just have to trust the Lord that we've communicated what we have need to communicate today. I know this is kind of sobering, but listen, the devil's trying to get you into a place to mix the profane with the holy. He wants, it's it, it's the whole mockery to get you out of your place of honor and over here in a place where you weren't designed, where you weren't created, where you're not mandated to be. There's various catalysts that he'll try and use, but the end game is to get shame on you, to get you to come down from a place of reservation in him and to mix with impure things. Don't do it, friend. Don't do it. It's okay to live a life of restraint. Now, let's not be snooty. We're not judging anybody. You, you don't compare yourself to someone else. You don't say, because I wear these clothes that I'm better, or because I don't cut, or I grow, or I eat, or I don't eat, or I do, or I don't do certain things, certain activities. We're not using them to judge one another. You in him are on a pathway. You stay in that pathway. You stay in that high place and don't allow the enemy to come down and get and throw egg on your face. Uh, hallelujah. Don't do it. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope you got something out of the podcast today. I believe you did. Hallelujah. Listen, you are a vessel of honor. And uh, he's called you on purpose, with purpose. And I believe that you're going to finish. You're going to finish strong. Hey, if we can uh, help you in any, any way, it would be our honor to do so. Listen, we'd love to pray and, and just stand together in faith with our partners, our patrons. And uh, if we can do that for you. Give us a call, 870-741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. Or send us an email. Hello, that's hello, H-E-L-L-O, at graycitychurch.tv. We'd love to know how we could pray for you. Or send us a testimony. What is God doing in your life? Again, if you want to participate in the podcast on another level, uh, we just invite you to pray. Pray for the podcast, that it gets out to the nations. It goes to the highways and the byways, and it finds that person. Hallelujah that just needed that answer. Pray for us there. Or if you'd like to, uh, you know, financially contribute to the podcast to help us keep it out there, several ways to do that. I want to thank all of our partners who have already contributed. Man, it just helps. We're so thankful. It just helps. Every little bit helps. Several ways to do that. You can text the GIVE. If you're in the United States, 84321, that's 84321. You can text that and just follow the prompts. Go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash GIVE. Or snail mail. You can write a check and put in an envelope and lick a stamp. Hallelujah for that. PO Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.